This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the Mark Madden Podcast. I am Mark Madden. Uh a.k.a. the Mad Money Bets podcast because we talk primarily about gambling on uh, the edition that's taped every Thursday. And I want to start out by saying my pick of the week last week came through again because I just keep picking the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, I'm joined now by Tim Benson. Hey, Tim, how about those Jets uh, beat Buffalo outright and broke Josh Allen's elbow? Change the entire course of the NFL season, potentially. I looked at their schedule. I looked at the Giants' schedule. And they're in a weird position, especially the Giants. They're going to be favored a lot over the next month. We'll see about the Jets. The Jets have some more difficult games than the Giants do. But, you know, like, for instance, I wouldn't be stunned even if they go on the road as somewhat of a favorite, a light favorite, perhaps, against the Patriots, even though the Patriots had beaten them. Uh, The Giants are going to be favored in three of their four games. And the Giants are my pick of the week. Uh, The Giants, I think it's minus four and a half right now. I think that's going to be an easy win for them against the Texans. Uh, I love New York this week. Well, I'll get to my pick of the week in just a bit, but I want to stay with the Jets for a second. And uh, I think the guy who's been the difference maker and put the Jets uh, not over the top, because I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender by any means, but I think they are potentially a playoff team. Uh, and the difference maker has been Sauce Gardner, the rookie cornerback, the first-round pick. Uh, very rarely does a rookie come in and actually make a difference, make his team win more than it previously did. But that's what Sauce Gardner's done, and that's what the Steelers need. A guy like that, not not Kenny Pickett still trying to play his first good game of the season. Especially at the corner position, you don't often see it, because that's a position that usually needs some growth. That's a position where it's tough to mentally rebound from mistakes. When you're out there and you get scorched by a Stephon Diggs or a Jamar Chase or something like that, that position is based in failure. And like even Sauce Gardner last week, he gave up a big play, then turned around. It was great from that point on. He was good against the Steelers. I saw ESPN.com actually just list him as the best rookie so far this season, and I 100% agree. I think if you had Rookie of the Year balloting right now, he would win it. Now he's got. Wait, so Kenny Pickett wouldn't win it? 
I believe they have Kenny Pickett in the still-to-be-determined category for rookies. <laughs> He's slipping out of that into his own category, especially with the eight interceptions so far. Did you see that the uh, New Orleans Saints have only gotten two interceptions all year long, and they're both from the Honey Badger? I bet you somebody else gets one this weekend. I bet you they get more than one as well when they host the Steelers. We'll talk about that game in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sauce Gardner, he's covered Tyree Kill. He's covered Diggs. He's covered Jamar. And he's only allowed, and this seems hard to believe, only four catches all year in man-to-man coverage, which begs the question, why isn't he always in man-to-man coverage? That's just make him the island guy like the Jets did for so many years with Darrell Revis. And – also, the Patriots kind of did that with Revis once he went there, too. They yep. did it a little differently, what they liked to do in the short time he was there. But he would just take whoever the second-best receiver was in the team, blanket him, take that guy out of the mix, and then they'd take Brandon Browner in the safety and put those two on the top receiver and double him the whole game, and then you let the other eight guys do what they're going to do, and usually that was enough for them to win. Certainly it was all the way to a Super Bowl. Tim, let's talk young quarterbacks before we get uh, to our picks for the week. Which of these young quarterbacks will turn out to be the best? We'll talk about each of them individually uh, after you tell me which one's going to be best. Trevor Lawrence from Jacksonville. Zach Wilson, the boy toy from the New York Jets. Justin Fields from Chicago. Mac Jones from New England. Or Kenny Pickett from the Steelers. Who will be the best of those five young quarterbacks? Wow, that's not a very distinctive list so far. I'll still say Trevor Lawrence. I would say, though, Mark, that it's possible that all of those guys might have more success in a second team than their original team. Well, funny Except for Pickett. Maybe not Pickett. He might just be as good as it gets here. But those other guys, I think it's entirely possible you might see them better on another team. Well, I'm going to pick Zach Wilson because... I think when I look at those teams, the Jets are going to turn out to have the best team of those five, which is, boy, I can't believe I, I said that and actually mean it. But I look at Trevor Lawrence. I think he's the best talent of the five, hence him being picked first overall. But I think Jacksonville's just an impossible situation to succeed. I wonder if Fields can kind of be like, and I don't think he runs like Michael Vick, But a guy on a team like that, which is going to be spotty going into the playoffs, maybe they're in, maybe they're out, maybe they're 9-8, and maybe they're 5-11, and but he can still star. Like, I think he's getting to that. Maybe not, I don't think he's as dynamic as Vic was, but maybe a guy who stands out enough to help get them to a playoff or two, but never win a Super Bowl. And then they'll dump him just like they did uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I see Justin Fields as the... uh is the Dollar Tree Lamar Jackson. You know, he can run some. He can pass okay. I mean, Lamar's better in almost every way, but it's a similar style game he plays. And it's funny. It's like they're turning into more of an offensive team than they are a defensive team, at least the past couple of games. And it's because Fields is bringing some excitement, and it's part of the reason why they went out and got Claypool, because they think he can add to that. I don't think he's going to add to that as much as they do. Well, he won't add enough. Do you agree that Trevor Lawrence might just be in an impossible situation, that Jacksonville just isn't going to improve to the point where he can be what his talent dictates he might? Yeah, it just might be one of those franchises that, you know, it could be the same thing if you're a good quarterback and you go to Detroit. You know, it could be a good, like... If you're Tim, a, Tim, stuff like this dates all the way back to Archie Manning yeah. at New Orleans. 
And I just hope that's not the case for Kenny Pickett here in Pittsburgh, but you never know. Well, I'll get to him in a second, but Zach Wilson, it might be early to say this because his numbers are not outstanding by any means. But it seems like he has a good grip on what he has to do to win with that team, how to manage the game. And I'm not sure they drafted him second overall to be a game manager, but if that's what he turns out to be and they win at least partly because of it, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not often that the young quarterback is sort of the wild, unbridled, athletic gunslinger and then gets reared back into being that game manager. You don't see that kind of progression. It's usually you start off as the game manager and then you get to throw it around the field like Roethlisberger did. Yeah, no, no, I think his game may progress. I just think, hey, you know what? If you're a young quarterback who is a gunslinger, and you learn how to manage the game initially and eventually expand to become what your talent dictates you were going to be all along, which, as you said, is what Ben did yeah. uh, early in his career with the Steelers. I think that's only a good thing. Yes, I, I agree with you. And, like, you know, Roethlisberger, I felt like he always had that and could have had it unfurled earlier in his career, but because they had a run game that they could count on, he was more inclined to wait until he was, frankly, on his well, third or fourth year before he let that loose. And honestly, if you even go to 2006 when they weren't as good and they had to rely on him more, he was kind of a gunslinger that got himself in trouble that year. Uh, we won't have to wait, waste much time talking about Mac Jones uh, with New England because uh, he's just meh. I think he did okay last year because, you know, New England was a good situation for him and he may have been the most NFL-ready, but I think New England is declining as a situation and I don't see Mac Jones getting any better. And obviously his job, I mean, uh, what's his name? Bailey Zappi? Yes. I mean, when Bailey Zappi's challenging you for your job and you're second year and he's a rookie, not exactly a lot of faith in the Patriots camp when it comes to Mac Jones, at least it doesn't seem. Bailey Zappi was the guy that pursued it, kept pumping the tires on for the Steelers to get late in the draft. And I couldn't remember his name. I kept calling him Dweezil Zappa. And I just decided to stay with that. And that's how I'm going to call him for all of his career. Mac Jones strikes me as the kind of guy who might be like, a 10-year backup or a 13-year backup. Like, I feel like he's a good enough quarterback to be your number two for a long time. I just don't know if anybody's going to want to start him and try to grow a franchise around him. Now, now let, let's talk about Pickett for a second. And here's a theory I brought up on my show the other day. And I thought about it, and I'm standing by it. It, it rings, unfortunately, true. Kenny Pickett played a billion games at Pitt. He stayed an extra year, five full years, and he's 24. I think he may have already reached his ceiling. I think there's very little he's going to improve on. Well, you're not the only one to think that. I mean, there are other people who I've heard express that opinion that, you know, you're getting as close to the finished product as you're going to get. And if that's the case... Well, yeah, but there's a difference between NFL-ready and yes. finished product. You know, the former ain't the latter. And if the... You know, we know he's not NFL-ready. And if this is the finished product... That's a wasted pick. Right. My thought on what the finished product was going to be, and I've said this to you before, is you know the best-case scenario might be Matt Hasselbeck when he was good enough to get the Seahawks to the Super Bowl. Didn't beat the Steelers, but good enough to be in the playoffs a bunch and get the Seahawks to the well, Super Tim, Bowl. Well, Tim, if what we see from Pickett right now is the finished product, that's, I mean... It's he, not Matt Hasselbeck that year. <laughs> he, he has yet to play his first good game. Right. Yes. And it's essential because... You don't have the run game to rely on to hide that. And the biggest disappointment in my eyes for the Steelers so far this season has been Najee Harris. 
not the run game in general, Najee specifically. And you don't have that to hide as the quarterback develops. And if he's closer to have been developed as he can, then that's bad news for Pittsburgh. Uh, Yeah, I mean, him not having played a good game, him showing no improvement in the areas of his game, I I think that's fair to say. I will say this, Tim. He may make history because Steeler fans have made him the first quarterback who is deemed to not impact the game at all. Okay, he plays bad, nobody blames him, and he hasn't played good yet. Ergo, he's not impacting the game at all. Tim, it's a first for the most important position in sports. Well, the narrative of give Kenny time has very quickly sprouted and grown wings because it was initially take Kenny because he can get this team better faster than anybody else. That was always the conversation between him and Malik Willis. Oh, every discussion involving him has turned into horse manure. It just has. There's. It's just everybody knows he's playing poorly and they don't want to say that, so they just say crap. I'm not as convinced as you are. It sounds like that he is finished. I think. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. I. I it's I, a working theory. I think it's at least a fifty-fifty possibility. Don't you? It's concerning, yes, especially with the age dynamic. Um, and it might be also are his patterns of what he does. You know, is the clay molded already? Is there more of a deconstruction process to build him back up into a good quarterback than what people thought? That might be part of this analysis too. Uh, Tim, let's get to some games. Uh, I've not yet decided on my pick of the week. We'll review these games, then I'll I'll decide. But Minnesota is getting three and a half at Buffalo. That's an odd line with Josh Allen's status up in the air as we yeah. tape this. Yeah, I, at the time we're taping this, I'm staying away from that game because I want to know about Josh Allen. Uh, the minute I hear that he's out or um, you know is compromised, if he's still questionable at game time, then I'm going with Minnesota. I might go with Minnesota anyway. Well, yeah, Tim, he's going to be compromised. He's not going to be 100%. So Minnesota's a good team, and they've learned how to win close games. I like them plus three and a half, even at Buffalo. I think, wasn't it somewhere I read this? I can't remember what the source was, but they said that he's had this kind of injury before, and it happened his rookie year, and he kind of played through four games with it. And that's not a very ringing endorsement to me, if you think well, about it. Well, they would be was. foolish to have him play through it. They can survive with uh, Keenum, Mitch Trubisky, no, Case Keenum <laughs> at quarterback, but they can't survive with him nursing an injury in playoff games. I, If I'm them, I risk losing home field advantage uh, and get Josh Allen 100%. I wonder if they're spooked, though, because they lost their first two division games and they see where Miami and the Jets are, are the, on the development arc and they feel pressure. They could, but, but hey, you know... You can play Case Keenum this week, and if you lose, then reconsider playing Josh Allen Hurt next week. I wonder if what's going through their head is this question, and I'll ask it of you. Right now, would you say that three AFC East teams get in the playoffs? Tim, it's such a muddle in the middle. I think there's a good chance of that, yes, don't you? I do. I think the Jets' schedule is difficult enough that they might fade and be the last team out. I think they make it by a game or miss it by a game. Right. So I wonder. If, I think Miami's pretty good. Yeah, I think Miami gets in probably as the fourth or fifth, and then oh, not the fourth. You can't do that. It's the fifth or sixth, I should say. So that one of the top two wild cards, and you're not going to get all four in. So like, are the Bills thinking to themselves, "All right, we are either division champs, we chase the division and try to have Allen push through this, 
or are we the seventh or out? Because they've already got two divisional losses, and if they're the seventh, are they looking at going to Baltimore the first week? Or go into Miami where they've lost already? No, it it it's it's a tough thing to it's really. It's a tough putt right now. Yeah. So, but uh, I think the Jets just miss, and that actually might be okay in their developmental phase. What if Trubisky had stayed? He'd be the man. He'd be the man, and I bet you the Bills would be more inclined to go with him than they would Keenum. Uh, Trubisky being that much more familiar. Yeah, with, with with what they're doing now, the Steelers are getting one and a half versus New Orleans at Acrisure. How about but Deontay Johnson says the Steelers could still make the playoffs. Oh, and, and, you know, I understand why he says that, but it also tells me that the Steelers will never use humility as a teaching tool. He's overcompensating because he's the first one to say that they were rebuilding, and I think he's trying to overcorrect by saying that they're going to. I think he's just an idiot. They're not making the playoffs. I got a new nickname for him, Tim. You want to hear it? You know how you have like the DJs all are DJ somebody like DJ Wiz Kid. Yes. What was that one guy? DJ Woo Kid. I don't or DJ know him. Woo. He's the guy that that. Uh, I know Mr. Woo. I know Woo's pigs. He's the guy that slept with my <laughs> porn girl Alexis Ford. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, not that that was the most exclusive club. <laughs> but but I have christened Deontay Johnson. His initials DJ, right? Yeah. DJ Clang, as in Clang, Clang, Clang. Drops a lot of balls, Tim. That's why I'm thinking you're you're finally going to see a Saints player not named the Honey Badger get an interception. Finally, this week, I'm gonna. If that's something I can bet at Bet Rivers, I will bet on somebody besides Matthew to finally get an interception. I would leave that game alone, but I got to tell you, if the Steelers can't beat New Orleans at home coming out of the bye week when New Orleans is on a short week, they're just not going to win another game. With Watt coming back, with themselves being as healthy as they're going to be the rest of the year, as healthy as they've been since Week One. Yeah, if they don't win this game, even the optimistic projections of four to five wins, they might not get two or three. Chicago's uh, given two and a half. Uh, They're at home against Detroit. I think Detroit stinks. I think Chicago, I don't think they're coming on strong, but I think they're playing a little better. And they're scoring points. Yeah, I would take Chicago there. How about you? Yeah, I'm definitely going to take Chicago. I like that one a lot. So here are the points. This is what I was referencing before when I was talking about Fields. Uh, they put 32 up in the loss to Miami. They put 29 up in the loss to Dallas. They put 33 up in the win over the Patriots. Um, so they're scoring points. You know, they're not winning a ton of games, but the offense is starting to go a little bit. LA Rams uh, given a, a point and a half at home against Arizona. I see this as uh, pressure time for the Rams. They're almost out of it. As defending Super yeah. Bowl champs, they're almost in a position where. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, so I think they respond to that. I, I like the Rams. I think that there was more wiggle room for the Bucks if they had lost that game to the Rams than the other way around because you know the Seahawks have managed to get six wins already. The 49ers are between them and the Seahawks. Uh, they really put themselves behind the eight ball. I, I kind of like the Rams in a desperation win here, right? but I don't feel great about that pick because they played so poorly. Philadelphia given 11 to Washington. That's a lot of points. I think I leave that game alone. Can Philadelphia go 17-0? Their schedule's not great. No, there's... I always thought that they get through these three games with the Steelers, through the Commanders, like these this pack of three that they've had to get to 12-0. and They're at 11-0 now, right? So they win this one, they get to 12-0. and No, not 11-0. They're 8-0. Oh, sorry. 8-0. Yeah, we're... Tim, you're trying to rush the season too I know. quickly. Trying to get it over with for a lot of teams. I don't I don't blame you. But I thought they'd go through the three pack of games that they had around coming out of their bye, which was Pittsburgh, the Colts, and then 
the Commanders. They get through that. Then it gets a little dicey. They got to play Tennessee in there somewhere. I think they've got to play against the Cowboys. Yeah, but they're going to dominate every team on the line of scrimmage the rest of the way, even good teams, especially up the, along the defensive front. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On, on both sides of the ball, I think. But I I wouldn't give eleven there necessarily, even though Washington's a real bad team unless Dan Snyder gets indicted between now and then and and then I probably would take the 11 points. Yeah, well those double digit spreads we talked about this last time. The double digit spreads if you took them last week you got pinched again. So I just I don't play them or I or I tease them up to give myself a little wiggle room for the underdog. With the Commanders like minus 11 sounds more like a plea bargain than a point spread. <laughs> uh and, and here's here's my pick of the week Tim. I, I I thought about it before I got to it. I'm taking Dallas at home giving 5 to Green Bay. I think Green Bay are just done. I think Brett Favre's in the tank. I think it might be time for Jordan Love from up above. (laughs) Well, you know, there was all that speculation and all that analysis over what the Steelers should have done with the Claypool pick. Like, if they gave him to Green Bay or they gave him to Chicago, which team would finish worse? And the thinking was, whichever team got him might do a little bit better, but the Packers were more likely to rise themselves up than the Bears were. I mean, I would have thought that. But that might come back to bite him because the Packers might be even worse at this point. And Rodgers just seems like he's in the tank. He, he, he's quit on him. He really has. You know, he's not quite as funny on Pat McAfee now, is he? I know. He's depressed now. There's not a lot of entertainment value to that segment. You know what shows what an ass Aaron Rodgers is? Because, Tim, I think he's a jerk, don't you? He is a jerk, yes. Okay. Pat McAfee's the most likable guy ever. Okay? Even he can't make Aaron Rodgers likable. He's working directly with him, like, you know, Carson McMahon, and yeah. he can't make Rodgers likable. And, well, A.J. Hawk sure isn't going to do that. He's not the one that's going to charisma shine him up. I know that for sure. I don't know if you knew this. A.J. Hawk, when he was very young, had charisma bypass surgery. Well, you're suggesting he had any to begin with. He doesn't now. Okay, Tim, uh, I-, I didn't bet English Premier League last week because I'm losing all the time. Yeah. But, but here's a few bets to reflect on. Uh, Newcastle at home is plus 133 against Chelsea. Now, that's one of those games where, you know, every bet's a plus bet because, you know, Newcastle-Chelsea draw all plus. Yeah. But Newcastle is plus 133. That's closest to a favorite. Chelsea's in a bad patch. They changed managers, but they, they got the wrong guy. They got Graham Potter from Brighton, and that's just not a big enough club to send a manager to one of the biggest clubs in Europe. He He's in over his head, you can tell. Newcastle's third. They're owned by some oil entity in the Middle East now. They got bought like a year ago. They're going to come on strong. So uh, And they played real well lately. So I kind of like Newcastle uh, at plus 133. And then, Tim, Liverpool are minus 385 against Southampton, and it's at Anfield. And they just lost at Anfield. They're not likely to lose two games in a row there, uh, Premier League games. And I'm tempted to bet 1,000 just to get wow. 385. That's right. If it's minus three eighty five, I bet a thousand. I would have won three eighty five. Correct. If it's say that again. If I bet a thousand bucks, I'm going to pull minus three eighty five. I bet a thousand to win three eighty five. Correct. Uh, if it's minus three eighty five, no. Wait, it's that would be plus. That'd be a plus. If you're if you're a thousand to win plus three eighty five, I don't think it's the. The direct math from a thousand. Well, okay, they're minus three eighty five. Yeah. Okay. If I bet a thousand, what do I get? I don't know what that math is off the top of my head. Well, some good. You aren't a gambling podcast. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, I, I want to go to futures bets on the World Cup because right. uh, that's that's rolling up. Uh, Brazil is plus four hundred in the favorite. Argentina is plus five fifty. France plus seven seventy five. 
Spain plus 900, England plus 950. Uh, my bet is France at uh, plus 775 because they have, I think, the best one-two punch with Mbappe and Benzema up front. And I think you need more than one guy that can you know, score big goals. Uh, with Argentina, they got you know a bunch of guys, but I think Messi is past his prime, and the game still goes through him, which, I mean, I'm not sure there's another choice there. Mm. Same with Portugal and Ronaldo. You know, the game goes through him. Maybe they're too old to have the game go through them. Maybe it should be somebody else, but but I like France. Uh, and Brazil, as the favorites at, at plus 400, they do have unbelievable scoring depth, like with Jesus, uh, Vinny Jr., but they got Neymar. And Neymar's ego is too big to let anybody else, you know, yeah. be the guy. And I don't think he can be the guy. So that's why I got France. Did you do anything hockey-wise in the Penguins with the Capitals game? No, I did not. I liked the. I took the under on that. I really liked the under there. Well, we don't know if you did or didn't, Tim. You could be bragging about a bet you never made. It's like Phantom Road Trim. What's that? Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, the world. The, back to the World Cup. The USA is plus 15,000. Okay. And... Um, they're a young team, but what they lack in experience, Tim, they make up for by not being very good. And people think this is a great team. It's not. It's it's they got young talent. And they got, you know, Pulisic, who hasn't played much for yeah. Chelsea. They got uh, uh Gio Reyna, who has been hurt mostly for Borussia Dortmund. But but that team never the US team always angers me because they tend to prop up MLS instead of just getting the best players. I will give them credit, though. Uh, you know, they, they have some players like the starting goalie's a backup for Arsenal and Nets, so at least Zach Steffen, okay. who starts in the AAA League at England, he was Man City's backup for a while. He got left off the team, period. So I think that Bearhalter, the coach, is making some bold choices, but I just don't think they're very good. You know, we like we think Christian Pulisic. I was going to ask you about him. Is he as like is there... no? Of course he's not. Okay, we think he's great because he's the best U.S. player. It, Tim, this dates back as far as Landon Donovan, yeah. who, who's the all-time I think still is all-time leading U.S. goal scorer. He would go to European teams like Dortmund and couldn't even get on the field. You know, it just we tend to think the best American must be good because he's the best American. But let's be honest, if if. If Christian Pulisic grew up in Germany, he'd be nowhere near their national team. Whereas if Cristiano Ronaldo grew up in the U.S., he'd be a starting strong safety for somebody. Right, yeah. We, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. He'd be right. a Ram. Right, so uh, I would stay away from the U.S. In fact, if I could bet on them not getting to the knockout stage. Uh, they Can play, you? They play England. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done here at BetRivers.com. They play England, Wales, and Iran. Okay, New Eng- uh, England should kill him. Wales has real good players. You know, uh, Gareth Bale, although, how about Gareth Bale? He, he like, scored the winner against Liverpool for Real Madrid in the Champions League final back in, uh, when was it, I think 2018, and how he was on the bench for LAFC in the MLS Cup final. Although he did come off the bench to score the tying goal in extra time, and that was a great game. Uh, LAFC in Philadelphia. How about Philadelphia lost two major championships on the same day? If you consider MLS a major championship, um, they lost to LAFC in penalty kicks, and they got eliminated by um, Houston in the World Series on the same day. So my uh, cousin is married to one of the vice presidents of LAFC, and she was posting pictures with the MLS Cup in her house the other day. Doesn't it look like a giant marital aid? Uh, 
what what kind of Merrill delayed? Uh, it is pretty giant. I'll say that. But uh, that was a great game, though. I, I make it a point. I think MLS stinks, Tim. But I watch MLS Cup every year because it's America's League. I watch the yeah. final. And it was a great game, no question. Like, there were, they just kept scoring, tying, scoring, tying, scoring, tying. You know, uh, LA, LA was playing with uh, 10 men. Oh, no, it looks like it, I'm, I'm looking at the MLS Cup right now. It looks like one of the handles got broken. <laughs> yeah, right. That's am I, am is, I right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of the weird, the handles. <laughs> it, it wraps around instead of attaching. I mean, I could ask Julie if it's a Merrill 8. I don't know if that's any of my business or but not. It, but it, it, was, it, was, it was a real good game. It's just it's not not a great league. And I, and, I, and I detest having a playoff for a league. Okay? You know who should win the league in soccer? Whoever, Whoever has the most points. Yeah, regular season, right? Play every team home and away. And if you wanted to, like, you know, if you figure MLS has too many teams, which it does, then, you know, divide them in half and have a triple-A league where you have, you know, promotion or relegation. But they're not going to do that because nobody pays that huge fee to get into MLS to be in a triple-A league. That's why they don't do promotion and relegation with USL, which is the Riverhounds League. Because, yeah. you know, it costs a, a pittance to get into that league, sure. comparatively speaking. Then suddenly you're in the major league and the guy who played an MLS fee is in the triple And Americans just don't understand it. Americans just don't grasp the concept. Well, they don't grasp the concept of not having a playoff either. They don't yeah. grasp the concept of the regular season, like like meaning something. Like They have a thing called the Supporters Shield MLS that the team with the most regular season points gets, and it means nothing. They have the uh, U.S. Open Cup. It's kind of like the President's Cup? Yeah. They have the U.S. Open Cup, which is an open tournament for all the teams in the country, including like USL and so forth, and... and it means nothing. They, you know, we do what we do here, and I get it. I don't have to like it. Yeah, I'm a playoff guy myself. I know where you're coming from, especially if it's soccer and it's the tradition, the way things have gone for centuries. You know, we don't <laughs> just because we do it different here doesn't mean soccer fans who are used to that are going to embrace it. Finally, Tim, and I'm going to talk about this on on my show on the X. Trevor Zegras from the Anaheim Ducks scored another lacrosse goal a Michigan goal but they waved it out due to uh an offside you know prior they went back and checked the video and people are complaining because oh that great goal got waved off by an offside well it's either offside or it isn't you know you can't like say well that's a great goal for the sake of showbiz we'll let the goal stand and and does this kid ever score a goal that's not the Michigan you see I think you should score a goal however you can to me that's not the kind of skill, or even close, or even a fraction of to what McDavid does. It's it's not hockey skill. It's it's showbiz. It is showbiz, but I will say I was watching that one last night. I saw it, and I thought within the function of how that play was developing, it was kind of a smart move. Like the way the way the play was developing, the amount of space that he had or didn't have on the other side, he saw it. He skillfully scooped it off the ice and tucked it into a short corner. I thought it made sense when he did it that time. Yeah, I'd break his hand were I out there. Uh, by the way, uh, how about Evander Kane got his wrist skated over? And he's going to miss four months. Yeah, but you know what? You know what's funny? He's like the most disliked guy in hockey, and everybody's saying, "Oh, God bless Evander Kane." Meanwhile, you know what guys are saying off the record? Yes, you know, I do. Where nobody can hear, nobody can see on Twitter. But what I thought was kind of not funny because the guy, you know, got hurt pretty bad. When he started racing to the bench, holding the hand that had been afflicted in his other hand, Tim, I thought for a second the hand had been chopped clean off and he was carrying it to the bench. Like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I wish I had a punchline for that. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. This is the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network. 
BetRivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts.